This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, now, before we start, we have a request. If you are genuinely enjoying what we're doing here on the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app because it really helps us to grow the show and ensures that we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by Jeremy Epstein, CEO at Never Stop Marketing. Jeremy, how are you doing? Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, I have to say, listeners, you can't see this, but this is uh, it's never happened before because I can see Jeremy on video. He's, he's, he's in Washington. That's right, isn't it, Jeremy? I tell people it's uh, ground zero for the Twilight Zone, but yes, it's Washington. <laughs> and while we're talking, he's working out with weights. He's doing curls. So he's doing curls with weights just to keep himself active and standing up because it's some obscene time in the morning over there. And I've got my kettlebell, so I'm joining in as well. So this is You're looking good, Andy, looking good. That's right, yeah. But he's he's got like a thousand pounds in each hand, and I've got like my <laughs> ten kilo kettlebell I'm using two hands to, to go up and down with. Anyway, less of the kettlebells. Um tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeremy, and uh, never stop marketing. Sure. So I tell people that Never Stop Marketing is not just a company. It's a mantra and a way of life for those who believe in it. But uh, it's based on sort of a premise. And I know this might sound crazy, but I actually uh, see a world where people get paid to do what they want to do anyway. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's really what I want everybody to be able to experience. And I view that this arrival of blockchain and decentralizing technologies are actually going to help that world come closer. So I'm kind of on a mission to get it here as quickly as possible. And the way that we do that is really twofold. One, we offer uh, marketing services to blockchain-based startups to help them kind of achieve their objectives faster, uh, with less cost and with lower risk. And the second thing is I try to help existing companies, uh, more large, uh, medium, uh, sorry, medium and, and large enterprise companies, Help them prepare for what I see to be the inevitable inevitable arrival of this technology so that they can, you know, not only remain relevant, but really thrive uh, in what I think is a pretty big disruption coming our way. Now, I'm really excited about this chat because this is going to be a really sort of a slightly propeller head. Well, actually, not too propeller head, but sort of a technical, philosophical kind of marketing discussion. You mentioned the blockchain, which, of course, is this huge... I don't know, leap forward or just a way of applying this, this thing that we've had since Bitcoin started off. Should we just start off by um, making sure everybody is up to speed with this notion of a blockchain, uh, Jeremy? Could you just explain what a blockchain is? Yeah, sure. I think it's, 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 I'll do it at a high level. And I think what we'll do is he's doing great reps on his kettlebell right now. So th the big idea with, with blockchain is that now uh, we have a technology that allows for people to transfer items of value directly between each other uh, without any centralized intermediary. So if you think about the internet in terms of what it's done for the speed of information transfer, right now Andy's in the UK, I'm in the US, mm -hmm. we got everyone on this podcast knows what this is like, we're sending information around the world in milliseconds, great, we're used to that. But items of value, you know, your house, your car, stocks, whatever, these things take a long time. And the reason they take a long time is because for the last thousand or so years, we've basically had to go through 
trusted intermediaries who can say, yep, I'm a bank. I trust Andy. Andy trusts me. I trust Jeremy. Jeremy trusts me. Therefore, I can be the broker of this information. Because in order to do that, you had to have somebody who says, yes, it's no longer Andy's house. It's actually Jeremy's house. It's no longer Jeremy's car. It's Andy's car. And there's a centralized ledger where that happens. Mm. So what blockchain does is it creates a decentralized ledger that uses very exciting kind of cryptographic algorithms. We won't go into all of it, but basically instead of a centralized third party keeping all the information about all of the people and their assets, which as you know, adds risk, which is why all these places are getting hacked all the time. It adds cost because these guys are in business and they have to make money. And it adds friction in time because, you know, flying from London to DC direct is easier than flying through New York and you have to change planes, that kind of thing. But if you remove those intermediaries, you lower cost, you actually lower risk because the information is now maintained across the entire network in sort of a redundancy system. Mm. And you remove time. So that's a huge, dramatic shift um, in how it works. So basically, at a high level, it's one giant spreadsheet that everyone has an exact copy of. You can't go back and change history because of the way the security works, but you can, in a sort of following certain rules, add information to this ledger. So that's a basic sort of blockchain 101, and that's sort of the, the high-level overview. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, I mean, what you're saying is that the, I think the, the, the main factor, because uh, block, blockchains, are, we won't go into technology, but it's a huge area. I think the main thing is is uh, the decentralization, isn't it, is, is what you're probably driving at here, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think, I think you nailed it. I mean, I, you know, every time there's a new wave of technology, we have to think not just so much how does the technology work. That's interesting and that's exciting. But as I tell people, you don't need to know that SMTP is the protocol that makes your email work. All you need to know is that email is faster than faxing or sending a letter. I sort of say the same thing with blockchains. You don't have to fundamentally understand how they work. What you need to understand is that they work. And the implication of the arrival of blockchain, in my opinion, is that any business, any organization really, where they make their living by being a third party broker of trust or a broker of information, uh, in my opinion, they're in the crosshairs of this disruption. Hmm. So if you think about the number of third party intermediaries in your life, there are a huge, huge number of them going all the way from banks and credit bureaus you know, Facebook, the national health system in the UK, or, you know, the uh, Uber or the, you know, MVA, DMV people here in the US or whatever. There are thousands of them, Visa, that basically are saying you two can trust each other because you both trust me. Yeah. Every single one of those. And again, this is not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But every single one of those, I think, is at risk uh, in this particular wave. And I know that's a big statement. Yeah, I mean, so the big question is really this sort of decentralization and the change in the trust model. How is it? Think of rephrasing the question. Yeah, what are the implications on marketing sort of going forward in your mind? Well, you know, I think there's, let's go back for a second because you said something really, really important, Andy, which I'm mm. sure you do all the time. You're so good, you don't even realize it. Oh. Um, I know, the trust <laughs> model. Yeah. Let's take a step back and think about trust, mm. right? Well, look at what's happened in the world in the last year. You guys had an election in June. We had an election in November. In many respects, those elections were about trust or Mm. lack of trust is really a better way, right? And I think going all the way back to the 2008 mortgage crisis, there's this worldwide feeling that we don't trust the institutions 
in our lives. We don't trust businesses. We don't trust governments. We don't trust, you know, all these organizations who once upon a time we did trust. So there's this worldwide sort of lack of trust. Well, mm. what blockchains, in fact, the economists called blockchains a trust machine, because now you don't have to worry about going through these third parties. You're dealing directly with each other. And the network, the security, the code is what you trust as opposed to people. Yeah. And so that's the flip here. So at a high level, that's a that's what I think these two forces are converging is people trust less and less in, in people. But now they have the opportunity to say, forget the people. I can't trust the government. I can't trust my leaders. I've been betrayed by them. I've been betrayed by the banks in 2008, whatever it is. And now I can put my trust in this technology that I can inspect. It's open source, all that stuff. And so I think the implication to start think about for marketers is what is a brand really? Well, mm. brand is a promise. It's about trust, right? So now I think in the marketers of the future, you'll be able to leverage this technology to actually demonstrate your trustworthiness to your customers in a way that you weren't able to do. And that, I think, becomes a competitive differentiator. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Sorry, you just caught me in mid-kettlebell swing then. Um, Sorry, I should, have, I should have been watching more carefully. <laughs> I'm proud of you for working out. It's a good man. No, no, this is a really good idea. I should do it more at my desk, actually. So, yeah, the, tr the trust model has changed. I mean, so you mentioned um, how that sort of marketers need to be aware of that. How do you see it sort of – I'm trying to think – sort of what, what do marketers of the future look like sort of based on this? So what's, what's the marketing angle? Yeah, well, let me give you one example that I use a lot to help people understand one – sort of potential use case that I think marketers could take advantage of. Let's say, for example, I'm a big coffee drinker, right? Yeah, me too. So, okay, good man. No tea? You're, you're defying the stereotype, Andy. What's up with that? Well, tea and coffee these days. There you go. So <laughs> these days, pretty much anybody can slap a label on a bag of coffee and say organic, you know, mm. source from some woman's own cooperative in Nicaragua, whatever. Like, okay, great. But you can't actually prove that. But imagine a ledger that shows the historical chain of custody of every coffee bean from the woman's own cooperative in Guatemala or whatever yeah. to the distributor, to the retailer, whatever. So you scan it with your phone and you see the entire historical provenance. Yeah. Well, now, if there are two coffee bags on the shelf at Sainsbury, trying to be UK-centric here, <laughs> at Sainsbury and Tesco, that's I'm running out of stores pretty quickly. Um, Safeway. You know, oh, no, that's it, American, isn't it? Well, yeah, right, exactly. Um, so, so imagine if you have two bags of coffee on the shelf there. So I don't mean to yell. I just get super excited about this stuff. Um, and you scan it with your phone. One of them shows you here's where the beans came from everywhere. And you can say, yep, this goes to this woman's owned organic cooperative. And I feel like that's something I want to support. Yep. As opposed to the other one, which just doesn't prove it to you. Well, now all of a sudden your supply chain which is verified by the blockchain and the fact that these entries are immutable and you can prove the provenance of these coffee beans, the supply chain information now becomes a an enhancer to the value proposition of that particular brand and the differentiator from its competitors. Yes, yes. It's a pretty big opportunity. So I tell people sometimes the supply, VP of supply chain, VP of marketing should become best friends because those two is a great opportunity. So showing that information and moving away from the fact that you're just going to be making claims, which is what marketers do all the time, that have no substantiation. I know we're, we're pretty bad at that. But now it's like, hey, customers are going to say, if you can't prove your claim, 
with some 100% blockchain-based verification process, I'm not going to believe you. I already don't trust you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now you can prove it. So I think there's an opportunity here for the smart markers to say, wow, uh, maybe I could start leveraging this to actually prove my claims or prove that my my shirts don't come from a sweatshop in Bangladesh or whatever it is. So I think there's oppor- some. that's just one of a million possible opportunities. This is amazing because it's it's all to do with like uh, proving provenance, isn't it? Do you know of anyone actually doing this, Jeremy, or is this something that just you and maybe a few others have thought about? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think there are too many people thinking about it specifically from the marketing angle, but there are um, implementations already. So I'll give you one example of supply chain. There are actually a couple of examples. Mm. One is um, apparently the pork supply chain in China is fraught with all types of kind of health concerns and that not every farm in China follows these standards that you might like. So Walmart and IBM are actually partnering on a blockchain-based solution that tracks the provenance of every piece of pork that lands in Walmart stores in China. So now you know it came from the farm that meets your standards. Everledger, they're actually based in the UK. They do this for diamonds. If you're buying a diamond, you want to know it's not a conflict diamond. It didn't, it's not a blood diamond, that kind of thing. So you have that. I mean, advertising, honestly, that's probably going to be the first one that gets knocked down because you know how much fraud goes on in digital advertising right now? It's ginormous. I imagine it's fraud, yeah. 56% of every dollar you spend basically goes to middlemen along the way. So imagine being able to reduce fraud and reduce cost and get more money for your digital ad dollars and have confidence that it was actually displayed on the site or the sites that you intended and knowing pretty much immediately and not waiting a month for your agency to get it back to you. That's a pretty big change to how digital, excuse me, how digital advertising works. So we talked about, because I'm fascinated in the technology, we talked about um, proving the provenance of things using this peer-to-peer trust model. Are there any other examples, um, Jeremy, you could uh, mention? Other other ways it could be used? Yeah, no, I think there are another one I'm, I've been very interested in is like loyalty programs, yeah. right? Loyalty programs are really difficult right now to track, to maintain, and they don't have a lot of flexibility. Like the, the, the reconciliation of your, of your loyalty points takes a long time. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Well, imagine sort of a singular, a single blockchain based loyalty system where anybody could take the 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 points that they have which are represented by tokens which have a fair market value mm. now and you could take your united miles put it into this blockchain system buy marriott points or whatever tesco points or whatever you could have much more liquidity in this asset because my miles on united are actually an asset mm. that are pretty much unused now and i think united and all these guys have an opportunity to rethink loyalty as a liability and no, this is actually the most cost-effective way for me to get new customers. If I'm sending you miles, now it's like, hey, I'm going to go start taking United. So I think there's a whole angle to to create greater streamlining and greater backend efficiencies, as well as unlock new revenue opportunities um, with loyalty programs. And one other thing that you could do, for example, is, you know, because the assets on a blockchain are digital, they have a digital representation. Mm. That means they're programmable. So now the business and legal rules that typically surround an asset and all those contracts that you sign, they can be programmed directly into the performance of the asset itself. If you think about it, a a legal contract is what? It's a series of if-then statements. If you don't do this, then we'll do that. If you do this, 
what software code? If this, then that, right? That's yep. all it is. Yep. So now you're going to program that. So for example, let's say you were to program your loyalty program, your points that says, okay, we it must meet these three or four criteria, but you know it can only be used in this geography. Once you have those hard-coded, now you can empower, say, a regional or a local field marketing manager to develop a new partnership, which before the brand's kind of guidelines would have prevented them from doing it. And that new partnership may be just in Brighton, for example, like mm -hmm. a Brighton local partnership, which a large brand typically would not have the agility to do. Now, actually, they can because they can be assured that the the brand is protected and the rules are maintained, but they now empower the people on the edges of the network, where, as you know, is where the innovation occurs, to actually innovate and to try new things that unlock revenue. So I, I'm very fascinated about that. Is that are you are you with me here? Am I talking? No, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's a fascinating area because I mean, you mentioned contracts as well. So you know, blockchains. I'm guessing blockchains could be used to sort of um, codify contracts and prove that various people signed it and stuff like that. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, there's actually one of the fundamental concepts or one of the fundamental uh, developments, I should say, uh, uh, in the blockchain world, something that's known as a smart contract. Yeah. And it's basically self-executing. So, I mean, I know you guys know a lot about SEO and, and SEM. So let me throw out an example that, that might make sense. So, for example, let's say I hire you guys because I want to be number one in the world. If anyone searches for blockchain and marketing, I want Never Stop Marketing to come up. So what happens typically? I call you guys, I'm like, Andy, you know, or Sean, or all the guys at, at uh, Site Visibility. I say, hey, um, I will pay you whatever, 10,000 pounds or whatever it is, although the pound's falling down these days, so maybe $10,000 is better for you. Or you know what, 10 Bitcoin, that's probably more valuable. I'll pay you 10 Bitcoin if you know you can get me to number one on Google. And you'll say, okay, you know, that'll take me you know, take us two months and we'll get it done. Fine. So what happens in two months, say back in the middle of August, you go to Google and you're like, hey, Jeremy, we got you to number one. Here's a screenshot and you send it to me. And I'm like, thanks, Andy. You guys are amazing. Send me the invoice. What happens? You send me the invoice. Accounts payable. 30 days later, maybe you get paid. It takes forever to check. It's coming in and out. Now, let's go to a smart contract scenario. What if you go to a site called, say, smartcontracts.com, which actually exists, mm -hmm. and you put in uh, an if this, then that statement. So if on August 14th, you put in these keywords, and this, re this URL is returned according to this query of the Google JSON feed, mm. then we both cryptographically sign it with our private keys, then release this amount of money to site visibility, and if they don't meet that, give them half for their effort or whatever. Yeah. Then two months from now, the smart contract ex queries Google. Yes, never stop marketing is number one for the terms blockchain and marketing. Fine, money, which is sitting in escrow, automatically gets released. You get paid in 10 minutes instead of 45 days. No accounts payable, no accounts receivable, no invoicing, no hassle, friction-free, and you get your money faster. Does that work for you guys? That's amazing, that's yeah. That's and all in the blockchain so that there's it's sitting there. We can all inspect it. Yep, Jeremy, you signed this. You, the contract's good. There's no going back on it. However, we can both append it if we want, but that way you've locked it in. That's a smart contract, and it's I think it unlocks an entire realm of possibility. So we've talked about, I mean, it's a huge area. It's a very sort of philosophical, um, creative um sort of thinking discussion is, I'm going to ask you something really hard, actually, from our discussion or from all the thoughts we've had on this, if there was one sort of, I don't know, a key takeaway for our audience today or something they could really think about, um, 
what would it be, Jeremy? You know, it's a great question. I tell people, and this is not investment advice. I tell people, go take, you know, like $100, $200, something small, and go buy some Bitcoin. And the reason why is not because I'm asking you to make an investment or use it as money, but the, what I've seen, and I've been doing this now for a year full time and like three years kind of casually, is that once you buy the Bitcoin, you naturally will start trying to understand it. Mm. And then that will start putting you, it's almost, think of it like a $200 investment in your own education. And then how does this work? And start thinking about it. And, and I think like, just take a small amount of money instead of wasting it on Starbucks coffee or something silly, yeah. just go invest in your education and then you'll start reading and be like, wait, how exactly does this thing work? And then you'll fall down the rabbit hole like the rest of us. And I think you'll have the opportunity to get ahead because it's still very early in the game. And we're talking like internet 1993, 94 era right now. I mean, this is early. Yeah. So that's what I encourage people to do is just try to get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves a little bit and say, hmm, what is this thing all about? And then you'll start like peeling back the onion and then you'll be like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then you're going to get sick like I did. But that's a different story. That's fantastic. So get your hands dirty in the blockchain is your advice. That is that is my advice exactly. So, how can our listeners find out more about you, more about your company? And you've tell us about you've written a book, haven't you, or a couple of books? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, um, you know, uh, the other piece of advice I would always say is never stop marketing. But that's yeah. different. So, yeah, obviously, <laughs> neverstopmarketing.com. Uh, I have like a twenty-five-year-old explanation for why my alias is J E R nine seven nine on pretty much every site. It goes back to high school. It's a bad joke that I sort of didn't realize would last for this long, but here it is. So. <laughs> Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm all there. Um, I did put out an ebook about six months ago called Blockchains in the Mainstream. And basically what it was, it was a compilation of 33 of the biggest names in the blockchain and Bitcoin world talking about like what are the barriers and what are the opportunities for mainstream adoption mm. of blockchain. So it's neverstopmarketing.com slash blockchain ebook. If you just Google uh, blockchains in the mainstream ebook, you'll find it. Obviously, you can contact uh, my site and we'll, we'll get it back to you, whatever. But that's a really good initial sort of primer by a lot of really smart people to help you kind of get your head. So if you get some Bitcoin and you read this, um, I think you'll be off to a pretty good start. So um, and obviously I blog pretty much not obviously I do blog pretty much every single day or five days a week. I should say neverstopmarketing.com slash blog on blockchain and marketing and the implications. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. Obviously, I'm not the sole source of wisdom. There are a lot of really interesting people. So, um, but I, And I'm always looking for other people's input. This is a brand new area. I'm, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. So the questions really help me think it through. And then as a community, we start to work it through because we're early, very early. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a fascinating discussion. I love discussions like this, sort of a bit technical, a bit markety, a bit sort of looking into the future. And um, thanks for our listeners for listening. The show notes are on the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, don't forget, leave us a review if you can. Uh, we're always open to questions and suggestions. So the email is podcast at sitevisibility.com. You can tweet us at sitevisibility. If you want to connect with me personally, I'm drpod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, there's also the site visibility group on LinkedIn. Don't forget that. And I think that's all. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Jeremy. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.